to the churches in, in Asia and that you will help us to see what you would want us to see and we just thank you in your son's name. He which has the sharp sword with two edges. I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan dwells, but I have a few things against you because you have them that hold, so have you also them that hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which, which thing I hate. Repent of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, in, and in the stone a new name, influential cities of Rome. Uh, it was a political center outside of Rome. It was the political inventors and innovators. They, they took things that were in existence and made them better. Most seat, um, and they had the second largest lacquers. Uh, so this was no small... <laughs> Uh, existing. If you know anything, in the Roman Empire, once the Caesar became leader, he claimed that he was a god. Caesar is Lord and offer a, a quick small grain offering and they would live. And so it was a big deal. And this city had three temples to Caesar talking about the temple to Zeus. And if you know your, your, your Greek and Roman mythology, to Zeus. And so this is a huge place, it met god Asclepios, which was a serpent god. <laughs> then you'd be brought up, you told them their dream, your dreams that you had overnight, and then they'd help you supposedly heal you. <laughs> but this was a very interesting world that this church had in, around it. And you see it all around the world, many in um, the Aztec Empire, lizards, reptiles, is, is very strong throughout all of the idol and so this is this is all that was going on here it was a very wild crazy place it has the sharp sword with two edges and immediately this should bring up the whole powerful sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit it is what will separate our soulish thoughts from our spiritual thoughts it'll it helps the speaking and that, of course, was from our chapter one. All these, all these visions of Jesus are from chapter one. He that has in his right hand the seven stars, stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was at the... He shall judge... The righteous shall judge... He judged the poor and reprove with iniquity for the meek of the... This is, this is something that we, we look at, and we as Christians hopefully enjoy when he speaks. Into the book, Ephesians... Excuse me, Revelation 19, verse 15... In heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, and linen, white and clean, and out of mighty God. Talking about his return. <laughs> and he's going to return in power. And king, and once he switches that appearance, and we'll see that very shortly, kindness going on. But as soon as he changes to the mighty, the mighty king, we see times, I know your works. And to me, this is a great thing. God, to dwell where Satan's seed is. Okay, we just talked about it. They've got the, the, the temple of this town, and it's not just centered. Most towns would have one major temple. You know, they would pick temples, and I couldn't find, couldn't find uh, any one place to dig it up. But, but goddess of love, and this one's Athena, which is a little more. Athena was, not, was, very, was related to Artemis as orgy-oriented as Artemis was. <laughs> Uh, there would still be, and he says you you're at Satan's seat. It's really talking about the evil, and this seat literally is here in just a moment. But we're, but uh, it says you're in all of this, and yet you have not did. 
And I look at around in America and how many churches and Christians, quote unquote Christians, have the churches that don't reject God's standard seeing more and more pressed back. And this is quite a quite a quite a commendation because we know how hard even in our accepted in our in our day and age, so much so that more than half of the people about and churches are challenging you know are challenged with do we speak out against fornication or not that won't I know even I know personally a number of pastors even though they believe afraid of saying it's a sin and this is important that we hold fast so there is sin and that we are accountable for it I have plenty of sins that I commit in my life you know so I have I can't be challenged to even think about <laughs> correcting it and here they are holding wells. History tells us that Antipas was the bishop of Pergamos. Get him killed because he apparently had, you know, the faith. This is in trouble so many times when the, you know, and Antipas was was to Zeus, you know, and that's why we kind of say this: the throne of Satan must be the Zeus. They would take the carcass of a bull cut it open, stick the person inside, sew it in it, so their head gregation to the, to the largest of, you know, way you could think of. Yeah. So this was a, you know, and this was a pretty group that's trying to fight another group or want to get their leaders out of the way. The only problem is when you kill their leader, you'd be willing to die. And in this case, the people saw him as a martyr and said, okay, here, we're going to strengthen Thank you, God, that you decided that I was worthy to suffer for you. Not no suffer for you. And I talk about that a lot because we're in the end days. We're going to be suffering for Christ. And we trials and the, and the pressure that we're going to have in, when people come against us as Christians have decided that I am worthy of suffering for you, then we're dependent. If, they want to, if my life is to be taken, thank you. If my life is to be ruined, Thank you. <laughs> period. Things for Christians are, is going to get rough. They're starting to already, but uh, and and you know get you know, and anonymously attack Christians. But that's not going to like the pers persecution of the blacks in America. It was pretty much people accepted it, so lots of people got it. And this is going to you're going to start hearing more and more. The more we stand on God has standards, the more we're going to hear all the verses say forgive one another, love one another. Build one another up, and yes, those are the true. But they get well. That just means people can go do whatever they want. Well, in one sense, yes. But if they're really saved, they're not going. That person could go crazy, and still be saved. And if they are saved, that is true. But you know, and you've got to come. And the sad thing is, when when people get divorces and everything, all of a sudden they no longer seem to feel that love that they love, and they you know they may not like being with each other, but they're not out to harm. And I'd say that anybody who likes hurting their, you know, spanking their kids better not spank their kids. You know, because I had I was thinking, yeah, sure, right. You know, the first time I had to spank one of my kids, it's like, all right, now I am. And this is what we're looking at. Are we willing to hold the faith? The as a whole supported what we believe, and now it doesn't. Now we're being told that if you spank your kid, divorce and adultery, you're, you're, you're being very negative and hurting people and not giving them the freedom to, to call good, and we're seeing it. We're in the beginnings of it. We might even be in the middle of it. To hold the faith. To speak that sin is sin, but still speak it with love. Still loved. We're not going to accept the sin, but they are loved. 
and we've talked about this the world because they start with the idea that the person's basically good, so anything they do is good. We look at it that the sinner is a sin and all of this, then you start making it that there's no difference. And this is what the world's doing. It's amazing to yourself. You, you're, you're, you just have to, have to steal. You know, if you're, you know, when uh, Tiger Woods got into this big thing, you know, they, they, shortly thereafter, there's a sin into sickness. Because if he can turn it into sickness, then God cannot judge it. All of this world is now trying to make it into a sickness. So then you get the, the Christian saying, it's a sin. God, <laughs> you know, same problem that we had in the 1800s when evolution came along. And theologians today trying to figure out how to mix this idea that all the things that God say are sin, it is sin. And this is why we have to hold on to the word of God in the Bible. And it's going to get harder and harder. Because the world's going to keep coming against us. And may have new clothes on it, may have be named new, but it's still old things. Have there them that hold to the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the Israelite, but was a prophet of God. It's hard to believe when you, when you listen to what he did. But he had this relationship with him. And you know, if you know the story, this happened three times. And, and finally God said, go. And then he was going to kill him on the way. No, but don't say anything more than what I say. And then if you remember the story, they went to three different mountains, looked down, which is after this times of blessing, Balak, Numbers, verse 1, and Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. This was what Balak, Balaam told Balaam. They will be attracted to them, they'll get married, they'll commit fornication, they will be unequally yoked, and then see that whole thing come out. It's in Numbers 31, verses 9 through 16, where that is what Moses, just do this. And, and it worked, and it did happen. And this, and we watch God fall aside to the, to the side as people send them to them, and they're going to fall in love with those pretty girls. Where are they from? Moab. 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 And you know how that works. If you love me, you'd really do this. It was, it was Solomon's downfall as he grabbed all these wives from, you know, a temple for my God. You know, I, I don't want to worship your God. And, and Jerusalem, very soon Solomon was worshiping all these other gods, you know. And this is the way it was. And this is what Balaam said to the people, punish them for you. And that's exactly what happened. And here it says, you know, you've got people following the other and being, you know, and basically telling the church, you know, hey, this is a good thing, you know, you, you, you know, when sin is there, when we know sin is there, and people aren't pushing it and trying to make us, oh, we're going to have a problem. And no, that person is not going to be staying in the church long because what I'm doing is all right. You, you got to accept me for who I am instead of saying I'm sinning. And this is what those who crumbling blocks put in front of me. And this is where Paul told the people, it goes, it's lawful for us to do this offer to a block of wood or a block of gold, and it was no big deal to eat that meat. But if, his, but if you had some, well, I just don't, <laughs> I don't feel I should because, you know, I used to consider him a god, and I, I, I can still, and for us here in Arizona, some, some of that could be like gambling. There are some people, some Christians that have no problem going. Gambling will make somebody else fall, then we shouldn't be doing it, or at least not announcing that we're doing because Jesus fulfilled the law. You know, he's going to tell us what we can't and can and can't do because God hasn't convicted them. You know, and you never know what it is that... That's, and you have some that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. The Nicolaitans' usual mysticism was basically that there's hidden spiritual secrets out there. 
know, you've got to get in. You know, I've looked at some of them, and some of them are quite interesting, but, you know, uh, I'm not going to be sitting there looking for a secret message of the... Yeah. Well, 316s, you know, it is kind of interesting to look at oh, this crazy yeah. message. I and got it, got it, did that, and, and it's 666, it came up with a computer, figured it out, and then he did this. He showed me how to, I couldn't figure it out, but he figured it out. And it well, so if you're going to find English code, you're, you're way off base because it's not written in English, so you've got to do it in Hebrew or Gnosticism. Gnostic, to know, okay? And that's what Gnostic is, to know. And, 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 put forward the spiritual, they are the ones that would, and the Nicolaitans apparently went so far as to say because the flesh is bad and it basically is, so that the, the, the uh, Nicola, uh, Nicolaitic, as far as, you know, as far as scriptures are concerned, you know, to place the spirit above the, you know, it doesn't matter, I'm my, I'm my flesh, I'll go do whatever I want as long as I stay spiritual in my mind, you know, my flesh can do whatever and keep your mind on the spiritual. And so this was a huge area, and he's saying, not only you're, you're forgiven, your spirit is okay, just, you know, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. And the thinking stands on sins. We've got a whole block of churches that, that aren't willing to say that they're sins. It is not, not a sin, and I don't know how they twist some of the scriptures into, into that, but true Bible-believing churches to make a stand here soon. And it's not far around the corner buildings. It'll probably come down to something along the lines of you guys are, are discriminating and therefore we're going to have just to start taxing the church. But I expect it to be post ex facto law and going back to the entire time for a church like us that's been around since the 1800s. That would wipe this church out in a, in a heartbeat. We, you owe, you know, owe $10,000 for <laughs> over 100 years. You know, this church wouldn't be able to absorb that. Uh, most of the churches in Kingman wouldn't be able to absorb that kind of a tax. It's called ex post facto. Ex post facto. It's ex against it's against the Constitution, but it happens all the time in our court systems, even though it's against the it's constitutionally not allowed. It's a law that goes back into the past. You can't make a law that makes something that you're doing now illegal in the past and and charge them for it. You can make it illegal from that time forward, but you can't make it illegal in the past because that's what kings would do. They'd make a law and then say, oh, you've been guilty for 10 years. <laughs> that's why they say things are grandfathered because it's, you, you, was, it, what, you, know, you, you couldn't do it in the past, but because you are, you know, it was, you did it before the law happened, you're not responsible for, for it as a, at going forward. You know, you're, you're responsible going forward, but not for the past. And because you can't go back and change the past, and that's why they, the founding father said no, ex post facto laws because that's what the government would do so often to take things from people. And then they would charge them, you know, all oh, the fine on this was, you know, so much and you've been doing it for 20 years and so <laughs> here's your big fine. And even though it's illegal, I fully expect to see them do it. All right, he says, repent or else I will come unto you quickly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. And this is what Jesus is saying to the churches today, as a matter of fact. Repent. Repent. Come to me. If you're, if you're having my name on your doors, repent. Turn away from what you're doing and come, come to me. Or he will fight against those who claim to be his. And this is why we as Christians, we as, church, as churches, need to follow Christ. Because we hold his name. 
we put his name and when we say his name is on our door it's a big deal and he will turn around and say that Ichabod is written on the door the glory is departed and that would be the worst thing for any church to have written across its door for the spirit that it, it, God has departed and the sad thing is and it's been said many many times is that Jesus would and the Holy Spirit are, would not be welcomed in a lot of churches not just in appearance but just because of who he is and the standards he would hold he would be rejected in a lot of churches out there none of the churches that I would go to but or that most Christians would go to but there's a lot of places where churches are, are church in Christ's name only and they're there for networking and and let's have a nice sweet homily about how good God is and how good people are and you know never mention sin never mention hell uh, never really mention Jesus because that's controversial we'll just talk about all the good things you know that God is love you know will will just be nice and sweet and, and and care for people and God is saying repent or I'm gonna come in and my and I will fight with you and this is so important that we look at this it says he that hath an ear let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches and this is his comment over and over do you have the ear are you listening to the Spirit are you willing to hear him to him that overcometh and again we talk about overcoming that is first John 5 4 and 5 that's all Christians <laughs> all Christians are overcomers it says to him that overcomes I will give to eat the hidden manna and will give him a white stone and in the stone is a na new name written which no man knows saves he save he that receives it hidden manna and manna is kind of an interesting thing because that was the food that the children of Israel had crossing, the, crossing through the, the wilderness, provided to them every day or six days in the week, and then on the Sabbath there, there was none. And they kept them. It was the perfect food. And I, in Psalm 78, 25 through 26, it talks about it being the, the food of heaven. And kind of, I believe, in this case, God is saying it's spiritual food. I'm going to give you, if you're going to hold on to my name, you're an overcomer. I'm going to give you spiritual food. I'm, and this we know if, as we get into God's word, how sweet his word is to give us life, to give us strength, to fortify our spirit. It is, it is great, great blessing, great, great filling just to get into his word, to see what he has for us. And it is a beautiful thing to get in. And I believe this is what hidden manna is. Uh, it kind of references to the to the manna in the Ark of the Covenant being hidden in there, but it is also just that idea of spiritual. And I think it's a play on Gnosticism. You know, you're wanting secret messages and spiritual messages. I've got them. Just open my Word, <laughs> get into there. You're going to find the manna. You're going to find my Word. And then it says, "I will give them a white stone." Now, this doesn't mean so much to us, but in the Greek and Roman culture, when you were called to be a juror in the in a court or you went to vote you were given two stones one white one black the white one was that I approve or you know or they're free and the black one was for that I they're condemned or they're they're there or I disagree with what the issue being voted on God's gonna give us a white stone we're approved we are approved. His vote for us is we are approved because we're overcomers. We are in him. 
and he gives us a white stone. I have approved of you. You are, my vote for you is, yes, you are innocent. <laughs> Very powerful thought when you really, when you see this. And then he says, on that white stone, by the way, I'm going to give you a new name. I've engraved a new name, which no man knows it, except those who receive us. For all of eternity, God's going to have an individual name for us that's between him and ourselves. And if you think about that, you know, when you get a couple together, how often do they, you know, have some pet name that is really just theirs? You know, they don't use it necessarily in public. It is just their name for each other. A private name, it's their, their name of affection, the name of love. And this is what God's going to do for us. He's going to give us a name that is his personal affectionate name for us. And it is going to be very powerful to have this name forever that is our name, just him and us. And say, here it is. This is, this is our name for when we're together alone. This is what I've got, you know, what I'm going to call you. And it's kind of like the old, the old joke where they ask the husband, you know, why do you call, always call your wife honey? He goes, well, I forgot her name 30 years ago. <laughs> you know, I've called her that so long I've forgotten her name. <laughs> you know, but this is the way it's going to be. We're going to have a special name from Jesus. You know, a name that just between the two of us. And I reach the end and we're going to go and pray. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for the fact, number one, that you're going to give us a name that is just special between you and us, that you have proved us, you've given us a vote of confidence, that you say that we are precious, that we are yours. Lord, help us to stand faithful in, when times get rough. Help us to see that we, you are the one that allows anything that comes our way. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.